everyone, and welcome to episode 92 of the High Sensitivity Gaming Podcast. First off, thank you for listening. If it's your first time here, we talk about video game and movie news, as well as what we watched or played over the week. My name is Barry, along with my co-host. My name is Craig. New year, new me, blowing through games. Yeah, now now it's time to <laughs> now is the time to blow through games. Yep. But uh, after after our game of the year talk, uh, do you feel good about it? You feel good where we yeah. landed with everything? Yeah. Yeah, it was um, as a little bit more of a struggle than I thought it would be to get number one for us, but we got there. Yeah. I'm happy with where everything went. Yeah, I'm glad. I'm glad we have a shared like top five that ended up mm-hmm. working out very well because I think like the bottom five would have been mayhem. Oh, it probably would have been. It would have been a lot of fights. <laughs> <laughs> there was many only a couple of fights. <laughs> yeah, many many favorites would have been left off the list, but a top yep. five between three people is pretty good. Yeah, not bad. So because last week all we did was talk about games, we have a little bit of news to catch up on. Yeah. And uh, first news of the day, this isn't even the biggest one here, but uh, it's kind of the talk about NFTs when it comes to gaming right now. Square Enix comes out and says, yes, NFTs, we're going to do them all. NFTs are the greatest thing ever. And Sega now is saying that they don't want to do NFTs if it comes off as some like simple money making sort of thing or Which like it does. Yeah. If it's, <laughs> if it seems grummy, I guess Sega isn't going to do it to put it in layman's terms. Yeah. But, uh, it, NFTs. I don't really, th- I, I think you could do something cool with NFTs, but I have a feeling they're going to make it really bad. Uh, yeah. For sure. Yeah. I mean, we talked about before a good way to do it or better ways to do it, but I don't see, most companies doing it that way. I think most of them are looking at it as a quick way to make money on their games, which is not a good look. I mean, we all kind of accepted uh, paid DLC forever ago, and we fought against that for a little bit and microtransactions. And now here we are where we just expect it. I'm hoping this isn't the case with NFTs where we just kind of expect it, but that's probably where we're going to end up. Yeah, with online service games, especially like they always have kind of the pay skins or anything like that i feel like nfts could be pretty bad for like the story-based games where we kind of take time to get away from all of like the in-your-face advertising that we get for you know nba fifa apex or like fortnite for that matter and the story games if nfts end up being this thing where you can buy your way into like a being in a game i have a feeling is going to end up being an issue and end up, you know, not so much while you're playing the game. It may not be an issue, but more like imagine like the bidding war for people to be like, oh, you can be in the game and, a, and own a plot of land in the new God of War Ragnarok. Yep. It's like, yeah, you know, we don't need it. Like, I don't want the developers to unnecessarily focus on something that I don't think even matters. Yeah, so. uh, the precedent's already there with the uh, is it the metaverse? Somebody paid like. 500,000 to be Snoop's next door neighbor in the metaverse. Yeah. It's yeah. so like the precedent is there for that kind of stuff. I'm just really hoping it doesn't find its way into mainstream gaming. It's yet to be seen. <laughs> um, we have the possible, I guess, I don't know if you call it a leak or not, but Jedi Fallen Order 2 should be announced this year, um, which means it's probably going to come out maybe next year or the year after. And I was thinking about it and. I really like the first one a lot. I don't know if I really want another one right now. How about you? 
I I guess I'll say like sure. Like the yeah. Star Wars games like are nice. I really would wish like they would like try to I don't know, maybe even and I know to hate to say it, but like maybe even like a Star Star Wars Battlefront three or something like that instead, because like mm-hmm. they they've learned from their mistakes and they could do a lot better with a Fallen Order two. You know, they're just trying to ride the Star Wars wave. Like, yeah. I'm, I'm pretty sure, you know, the the Star Wars original content that's been coming out has been pretty good. We'll talk about Book of Boba later. Yep. And with that, I think they're just going to go, OK, you know, we have. If if they have a story, they're going to milk it like it, the, the the crappy thing is, is it's EA. So yeah. if EA says it's going to make money and they want to put stuff in it, they will. And yeah, that's it's kind of the sad part about it. I don't necessarily think we I think we could have like left that left that alone if we wanted to. But it's EA. They're going to do whatever they can to make money off of it. So I enjoyed the game. I thought it was good. But in like the wide array of all the Star Wars games that have ever come out, I don't have Fallen Order very high in my list. Like, I'd rather play Force Unleashed or any of the Knights of the Old Republic, um, any of those games, rather than another Fallen Order. That being said, I'm sure I'll play it. I don't know if I'll buy it, but, like, I'll definitely play it. I just, I don't know. It, It didn't get me super thrilled. Like, I want something different than that in the Star Wars universe. There's so many options they could go to. And to just go back to this is just, eh, I don't know, not feeling it. Yeah, I guess we'll have to see. Mm-hmm. Uh, major like Nintendo rumors coming out with reports of uh, new Pokemon Let's Go games with a new console reportedly. Yeah. I And these are all rumors. I don't expect a new console this year. But, you know, they're saying that the Zelda game will be confirmed for this year. And uh, I'm trying to remember the other major title I have uh, that it might have down. been leaked. You do? Mm-hmm. Mario Kart? Um, yeah, Mario Kart 9, yep. that's it. Yep. And apparently the thing is with Mario Kart is that it's supposed to be with a ton of their franchises now. Right. So it's not just Mario-focused. It's going to have, I don't know, more Splatoon or imagine Bayonetta in Mario Kart. What a weird, <laughs> That'd be cool. weird thing that would be. But it'd be cool. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, Mario Kart 9 does tend to be kind of the biggest news out of that one. Uh, Mario Kart 8, I'm pretty sure the deluxe version is the best selling game on Switch uh, since it came out. And, you know, nine with a nine with all the new switches that are out there, people will people will be happy to see a new one. Yeah, I was looking at um, and I'm sorry, I forgot his name, but there's a guy on Twitter who's like notorious for Nintendo leaks. And uh, he was mentioning it as Mario Kart 10 um, because Nintendo considers home circuit nine. Uh, oh, according okay. to this guy, but he also had it. It could either be Mario Kart 10 or Mar- Mario Kart Horizons. Um, and then he did mention that with a Smash Brothers like roster. Which, you know, I mean, if they want to come out with a Mario Kart and then continuously release characters for the next two or three years, they'd make bank on it for sure. Um, if you're releasing new tracks and new characters all the time and have a, you know, a season pass and end up with like five or six season passes. I think that's probably what they want to do. Yeah. You know, you mentioned that now and it does sound like a pretty good idea for them. Yeah. <laughs> and like, they've already worked on deals to have like, you know, there's crash bandicoot and smash there's Joker and smash there's Sora and smash. So what if they just made those, like you release these characters and they also get their own specific track to go along with it. Like yeah. there's, there's pretty good potential 
for what, what kind of car does or cart does Sora drive? Got to think about this. Is it a is gum, it a bubble a ship, ship? A gummy ship? Yeah, it's a gummy <laughs> ship. It's a gummy ship on wheels. It would just like m- much like how most of that is. It's like a gummy ship, probably without the um, without like the little dome, yeah. uh, on top of it. It would just be the character sitting in the ship. I don't what know if, that. What that if they let you make sense. your own? That's way too much. That is <laughs> that would be way too much. The the gummy ship creator in Kingdom Hearts was like. It was a lot complicated, but it's far too much. Yeah. But, you know, it, it's funny to see, you know, OK, we didn't get Master Chief and Smash, but you get Master Chief and Mario Kart and he gets that to would drive be hilarious. the Warthog. Warthog. Yeah, I guess mo- mo- I, I guess Mongoose would probably make the most sense. Yeah, for, for Mario I could Kart. see that happening. I could see Microsoft letting him play with Nintendo characters. Because he doesn't like Nintendo's always been known for like trying to stray away from like using heavily violent characters. Mm-hmm. But with master chief he would just be in a cart and you just drive i guess around the the halo ring yeah like it's it's kind of perfect now, yeah, now that i'm thinking about it so yeah i Nintendo, mean I, if you're not already on it like yeah you should be on it yeah i like obviously i'm not a huge smash f- person fan so i didn't buy like the season passes but i would be i'm not gonna say 100 percent for sure but like i would be interested in buying season passes for mario kart if it keeps it fresh yeah, I think so. I think I would, too. Yeah. Bring it on. Like, it, that has to come out soon, though. Like, how long has Mario Kart 8 been out, if you count when it was on the Wii U? Like, a while. 10 yeah. years? Not less than 10 years, probably, but it's lot. It's got to be close. It's got to yeah. be close. It's got to <laughs> be at least, one. like, seven or six now. Yeah, that's crazy. Get on it, Nintendo. This is the year of Mario Kart, Zelda, and a new Mario. Please. Yeah. <laughs> Um, all right, other games. I want to talk about Dying Light 2 real quick and how angry I am at Dying Light 2. Um, I've been excited for this game forever. I feel like it's been announced for 15 years. Um, I know it hasn't been that long, but it's been a good long time. And as far as we know, it's still slated to come out next month, I believe, February. Um, came across their little promotional picture on Instagram slash Twitter. And they were proudly promoting that this game to fully complete will take you 500 hours. And my first reaction was, okay, well, obviously I'm not going to do that. I'm not one of those people. But then I saw main story 60 to 80 hours. And my excitement for dying light, literally no pun intended died like immediately. That is way too long for that game. There is no way. There's no light. There's no, no. light. <laughs> I mean, the first one was you could spend a lot of time in there if you wanted to, but 500 hours. Okay, fine. If you want to check out every nook and cranny in in your world and do all the side quests and find all the collectibles, cool, go for it. But 60 to 80 hours for the main story, that's just insane. Like, that's got to be they're just inflating side quests or something to get it up there. Yeah, I'm not particularly excited about the 500 hours like ever since they announced that, too. Uh, there was a funny meme that had like Vince McMahon slowly getting more excited <laughs> where it's, you know, they announce a game is like 20 plus hours to complete. And then he gets mm-hmm. gradually more excited as he goes down to uh, the game takes five to ten hours where he's at peak excitement. And yeah. it's just like I. 
with Dying Light, I guess I, I don't know. I would have been happy with the total game taking 60 to 70 hours to fully complete. And then yep. like the main story being, you know, 20 or 15 to 20 hours. That would have been fine with me. But, mm-hmm. you know, this is the same problem with games trying to become too long here. You know, I had I had the issue with Valhalla where, you know, you spend a lot of time playing that game to finish it. And in the end of it, it's kind of, you know, it, it's not worth it. Imagine at the end of those 500 hours, you get like a sour ending. Like, imagine how angry you'd be to have to have a game like that. Now, let alone if you're going to spend 500 hours in a game, you probably like it. Yeah, but uh, to I, I just don't know why everybody wants to go toward these hundred hour playthrough games. I get, you know, longevity is good for the developer and it's good for continue to people to play games so you can force more pay stuff down their throat. Mm-hmm. But, you know, Dying Light, Dying Light 2, I'm excited for. But to hear that it's 500 hours to complete, I, I just nodded my head inside as I did. <laughs> I'm, I'm, that's not what I'm going to be playing the game for. Like, no. I would have so, been okay with 30. This is It's ridiculous. It's going to be 60 to 70. And for whatever reason, I'm highly doubting it's going to take that long. Yeah. So, I mean, I remember back in probably PlayStation 2 days is when it was real bad, where you were buying a game for $60 and you were going home and beating it in like two hours, two to three hours. And that's kind of when it shifted to people being like, you know, we're spending our money. We should be getting our money's worth. And that's when I feel like it really started going to developers, figuring out ways to keep you in the game for longer. And I just feel like, I mean, I feel like we've been way over where it should be for a long time, but this is like the max. Like there's some people enjoy it. Like some people will spend, have spent over 500 hours in Skyrim. Um, but I think like uh, the Assassin's Creed games, I think are one of the biggest issues with that. Ubisoft games in general overinflate. Far Cry, Assassin's Creed, hundreds of hours in those. Um, all you need to do is make a good game that's 10 to 20 hours long, or it could be a little less than 10. And it's been proven that people are all about it. Um, Halo didn't overstay its welcome. I just don't understand why developers think this is needed, or they feel like it's an accomplishment to tell people, hey, we have 500 hours in this game. Because I don't think it is. I just think it means to me that you figured out ways to make people spend more time doing stupid things in game that you don't want to do like fetch quests. Yeah. Like yeah, get them out exactly. of here. Just give me the story. I, I'm still going to try it, but like, I don't even think I'll end up finishing this game. If it's 60 hours, there's no way it's in the middle of February when all these other games are coming out. Yeah. Anyway. It's, it's got <laughs> stiff competition for our attentions. That's for sure. And yeah, with the other games that come out, it's, it, it's going to have to be amazing in order to uh, keep our attentions for that matter. Yeah. Agreed. So CES is going on and PlayStation announced the PSVR 2. Yeah. Uh, no price point yet, but they did mention that the console is going to be able to do 90 to 120 frames a second, 200 by no, it's like 2000 by 2000 pixels for your eye, 4K HDR and a one cable connection to the PS5. Um, and then they also announced the PlayStation controllers are now the PlayStation Sense controllers which are are supposed to track hand movements and stuff there's a lot of claims saying that the horizon game that they showed off is going to be like the next statement for triple a vr games i'm excited for psvr 2 um 
I I have played around with the original and like one the the move controllers are all right but not fantastic. The the biggest pain in the neck was all the cables. Uh and like the converter box you had to have in order to get that all working. I'm very much looking forward to the PSVR too. My only concern is going to be how much is it going to cost. Yep. Uh that's that's going to be the th- that's going to be the fear I have because the it's all of the specs show it toward being a very high end VR and yep. you already, and you, and this is like a two parter cause you need to have a PS five with it anyway. So, and high end VRs that don't, that even still need a PC are still like 500 to $400. So what is this thing going to be? Is it going to be a 500 add on addition to the, to the PlayStation five? It's yeah. kind of it's going to be kind of weird to kind uh, or, you know, I can think of a whole bunch of numbers. I, I don't know. I guess my sweet spot is 300, but I am very, very like probably not going to happen. It's probably going to be four hundred dollars. Yeah. And that's going to scare people away for sure. Yeah, I think my original thought was four to five hundred, but I don't think they can make it the same price as the console. I think that I would be ridiculous. So I think like I think 300 makes sense. Um, then you're competing with uh, the Oculus Quest, right? At two ninety nine, um, I was originally interested in it, but my issue is, like, where I'm set up down here, um, across from where I sit, I have an open area that I use my Quest in. Like, I cleared everything out. I have enough room to comfortably move around. Um, I'm not going to have that if I use this because I have to have it plugged in to my PlayStation. Like, yeah, I know it's hard for them. Like, I don't know how you do a wireless headset with a PlayStation for their VR. I don't think it's possible, but it, it definitely tethers you. So I one, I don't have the room. I'd have to move stuff around and it's, it, w- it wouldn't be worth it. And also, if you think about if you already have a VR, like in our case, right, you can get the Oculus Quest. I think a lot of people have the Oculus Quest now. PlayStation's going to have to really put out a lot of exclusives to make it worth it. And like this horizon thing looks cool. Um, Call of the mountain, I think is what it's yeah. called. Yep. Um, but what else are they going to do that you can't already get on steam VR or Oculus quest store? You know, like if it's the same stuff, yeah, it's going to look better on the PSVR too, but I can do it wirelessly through the quest. I'm just going to stick with that. Um, so yeah, I think it's going to have to be the right price, the right exclusives. I mean, it's still going to sell, though. We know it's going to sell. You're not going to be able to find it. <laughs> I don't know. It's going to depend. Being able to find it, it like it's it's going to be its own sort of, you know, marketing nightmare in order mm-hmm. to be able to find this kind of stuff. But, you know, I could see them doing that. Uh, I know Blood and Truth was very popular on the yeah. Sony, the Sony one. So I could see them coming out with a sequel to that. So like you come out with those two games, you could probably get a decent amount of people to go. All right. Um. And then from there, you know, you would probably be looking at, you know, it seems like they want to use their first party uh, like systems. So, you know, a God of War VR experience or something like that. Like we saw how well Resident Evil 4 VR was received and how they were able to do that. Now, it's kind of a cool idea to think like you could take the you could take the God of War, the 2018 one, and somehow make that a VR uh, experience. That would probably be pretty cool. Yeah. Um, 
I agree. So, you know, we will have to see. And who knows, like the the Horizon Call of the Mountain game, like didn't show too much, to Mm -hmm. be fair. But, you know, then that's kind of how it is with VR. You have to experience it in order to really use it in order to be able to understand it. I just hope they make uh, some good decisions with, you know, what you're saying about the whole. uh, Like space sort of thing. Mm -hmm. I hope that they come out with some sort of cable that's, you know, like the VR, like the Quest has where the cable's like 10 foot long. So you can yeah. connect your computer and then go to another open space in order to be able to do it. I just don't know how it's going to do it because it probably needs... I I didn't know whether or not it needs to use the camera. I didn't see a camera listed on right. it. So maybe it doesn't need it. Maybe it's kind of built in like the Quest is. And if that's the case, I think they. I think it is possible for them to you know, use a long cable so you can go into another spot and use it. I just think that would be a smart idea on their part. Having to having to tie yourself to then also need like the TV to be able to track you like the original PSVR did, I don't think would work very well for yeah. it. So hopefully Sony's done enough research to find out how to make this, you know, work. Yeah, and I could be wrong. This could just be my personal opinion, but I always felt like the original PlayStation VR sold so well because it was the cheapest way to get into VR at the time, yeah, right? For sure. Because the Quest wasn't out, and your only other option was like a six, $700 headset, and you also had to have a at least $1,500 PC to run it. Now, like we said, like you can spend $300 and get a Quest, and that's all you need. That's it. Um, and still get a good VR experience. So I don't know. We'll see what happens. I People are still trying to get PS5, so I think they're going to be more worried about that for now. But we'll find out. We'll see if it sells well. Exactly. Uh, the other thing that I have listed was actually from CES as well, was I wanted to bring up Razer's chair. Oh, yeah. The, <laughs> the, ha- the haptic the, feedback yeah, chair. The Enki Pro Hypersense. Um, haptic feedback in a chair. Uh, we've seen those before, right? I think I've seen Walmart selling haptic feedback chairs, but this is supposed to be uh, a little bit better than that. Um, I didn't see a price point. Did you? No, I did not. Okay. Um, it's interesting. They said you'll be able to use, I don't know if it was like a launcher or something, but like there's going to be quite a few games that will directly support this. Um, so that's cool. It could be something very cool if you want to play like a Call of Duty or Apex and every time you get shot, feel it in your back. Um, that's cool. It all depends on the price though. And Judging by the fact that they felt the need to make the Razer logo in the headrest uh, LED that changes lights tells me that this is not going to be cheap. (laughs) (laughs) Probably not. I'm going to guess like a thousand, probably. Um, Does anybody need this? No. Did I look at it and go, ooh, yes, I did. (laughs) Yeah, but that's what Razer does. The Razer does the same thing with the mask. Yeah, it's like, oh, yes, it's cool. I got to have it. So now Mm -hmm. they're doing the same thing with. Did you see like their modular desk? Yeah, as well. So it's like Razer just makes all this money because they're because they're so popular in the gaming sphere. They just go, all right, let's let's see what this does. Let's see what we can do with this. I think the modular desk is pretty cool. I if I were to get a desk, I'd be more tempted to do that. But then the chair. But we we have to see how things go with that. I, I only few people or a few select people get them. And I imagine that they mark it up so much that they make a decent amount of money. Yeah, I never I things. never saw one of those razor masks in the wild. Neither ever. have I. I haven't seen yeah. one yet. 
I don't remember how much those were though. Like a hundred. I don't remember. <laughs> I feel like they were cheaper. I feel like they were 60 or 80. Okay. Yeah. But I never saw one, anybody ever wearing one. So good on you, Razor, I guess coming up with stuff nobody needs, but people still want. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, sm- some of the smaller new stuff is uh, the battlefield 2042 Reddit is getting ready for shutdown. If people don't stop being toxic, quote unquote, from what the mod, from what the mods say, uh, as if you've listened to the game of the year, you know, Battlefield 2042 won our biggest disappointment. Yep. And. You know, there there's the point and especially like if devs are active on it, there's the point of almost bullying that people can do to it. But I bu- bullying, of course, is never right, but there has to be a way to critique their game without you know, making fun of them or calling them names or wishing horrible things upon people's families. Like that's never the right way to go about it. And if they continue to fix the game, hopefully it gets back in people's good graces. But I I spent a little bit of time in the Battlefield 2042 Reddit, just kind of looking to see what all this toxicity was about. And, you know, it's a lot of the it's a lot of the random person standing up for the game. And then the other people go, are you serious? Like here are every, here's everything wrong here kind of thing and it's like i don't know how toxic that is but you know it's it's the online community if you're not ready for your opinion to be bashed or made fun of or anything like that then you you might be in the wrong place true yeah i just think you know it's probably a lot of people who aren't don't even play battlefield or just go in there to throw some hate at it um i think it gets enough hate on its own just for being a bad game i don't think it needs more (laughs) exactly um, I am out of news stories. It's all right. Just a couple, a couple of the smaller things anyway. Is season three of The Boys will to air June uh, 2022. So about expect time. that, you know, this this summer, especially with all the COVID uh, delays, it's about time that we saw something from these guys. And then my last news story is just um, I don't even know if I should say it because it's kind of spoilers for No Way Home. I think it's been out long enough. You think so? I mean, when did it come out? December? Yeah, but like, I I don't know. Like, <laughs> Well, uh, you just teased everybody, so now you have to say it. No, well, I don't. I could just be like, oh, <laughs> I won't tell you what it is. You know what? I'm not going to say what it is, actually. If, All right, that's fair. If you guys, guys want to know it, then go look it up on the internet. Because, <laughs> you know, we had a huge spoiler cast, of course, for Spider-Man. So a lot of people listening to this probably already saw it. Yep. But regardless, I just don't want to spoil it for any new listener that happened to walk across our podcast they were like no i didn't get to see it or something like that <laughs> true if you haven't got to see it by now what are you doing yeah you should probably go see it i would agree if it is it still in theaters oh it, yeah it has to be it has all to right. be for sure all right all right uh next up is games of the week and what's nice about this is that we're just playing the great catch-up now the great yes. the great games of catch-up so for me i've been playing uh, i've been playing a decent amount of my switch with Voice of Cards, The Isle Dragon Roars, Monster Hunter Stories, Horizon Zero Dawn, and Pokemon. Trying to get, trying to beat that before uh, the new Pokemon game comes out. Well, I fully focused in and smacked two game, two games completely off my list. Um, I smacked off the Pedestrian and okay. Ghost Runner. All right, cool. Got I, them out I of mean, here. How is Ghost Runner? Because that uh, that's an interesting game. That game is. So much fun. Yeah. Super hard, but so much fun. Um, I mean, I might as well go into it. It's like 
Mirror's Edge, right? Um, parkour, running on walls, and all you have is a sword. Um, all the enemies kill you in one hit if they do hit you. So it's all like, I mean, every room is a puzzle. You're trying to figure out how can I get around this room and kill everybody without getting hit. They do give you some powers. You have the ability to dash. If you hold in the button, the dash button, you can kind of slow down time a little bit and kind of maneuver in the air um, to kind of get around people. Uh, and it's one of those games, kind of like a Super Meat Boy. When you beat a level, it tells you how many times you died, which is kind of annoying because then I say, yeah. like, man, I suck. <laughs> some some of those levels, I would be, get to the end. It would be like, took you 45 minutes to beat this level. You died 232 times. I'm like, okay, I get it. I suck. It's fine. Um, but I had a lot of fun with it. It, it was one that I've been wanting to play for a while. Uh, and I finally got around to it. And I just had a blast. I think it probably took, I mean, I did die a bunch. Probably like five or six hours to beat. I think yeah. if you were really good at it, you could probably beat it in an hour or two. Um, and just blow through it. But man, it's it's got some super tough segments, especially when you get to the end. But the story was good. Um, it's a lot of fun. They give you four powers as you go along that kind of help make it a little bit easier on you. Uh, but man, like when you get going and you're like jumping off wall to wall to wall and then like jumping down and like smacking somebody, killing them and then zipping up to the wall again and bouncing around, it just feels super, super good. Yeah. So for a game that I don't really see that many people talking about. Um, you know, I was thinking too, I was like, this game came out last year, but I went ahead and put it on the newly started list for top games of 2022 because I played it this year. So we'll see Fair if enough. it stays there. It's yeah. a long way to go. Yeah, no kidding, especially with all the games <laughs> coming out later. Yeah. So for me, like the, all of these are games I've talked about before. Uh, for the most part, like Pokemon still continues to be fun for me. Uh, I'm looking to finish that before Arceus comes out and you know, the new Pokemon game does come out the 28th. Yeah. So I, I am looking forward to that. I guess kind of the most thing I have to say is probably like the monster hunter stories games are kind of surprisingly, uh, a lot of fun and decent. Uh, it's not like regular monster hunter where, you know, you play as the hunter and you're just going out, you know, gathering pieces for monsters and you know, the story's kind of weak. I'd say in those games, Whereas uh, the stories is, it's a story. It's it's a pr it's a pretty good story based monster hunter thing, and it's almost and it's like a, it's a turn based RPG in a way as well. I'm just really surprised. Like one, the games the game looks really good, especially for being on the Switch. So I'm surprised that I'm even slightly impressed with something that's on the Doctor Switch handheld. to begin with. Docked. Okay. All right. Fair. <laughs> but anything handheld doesn't look very great unless the <laughs> yeah. game is very very. Uh, I guess minimal of what it needs to run or and, a first party Nintendo game. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. Like monster hunter stories. Like it's, I never, I'm not going to get into any of the amiibo stuff or anything like that either, but monster hunter stories has been a surprising game for me that I'm, uh, I'm, I'm enjoying because the story is actually pretty engaging. So okay. uh, if you're looking for switch games, because right now, like right before uh, RC's comes out, like switch hasn't come out with anything in a while and you don't, there is a first one that I never played, but I watched a like a recap video on and it more than prepared me for the second one here. Monster Hunter Wings of Ruin or something like that, I believe is the title. But definitely take a look into that game. I've been in, I've been enjoying that and, you know, playing my switch a decent amount since. So how many just switch games are sitting on your shelf right now that you haven't beaten? 
just switch. I don't I don't want to talk about that. <laughs> I know uh, you have a lot. I'm just curious because I know we have our like PlayStation and Xbox games we're trying to get through. And I feel like switch is the one that always kind of gets forgotten, at least for me. I feel um, like I, I feel like I've got 10 plus oof, like man, like I've been meaning to play the Bayonetta series and mm-hmm. I have Bayonetta one and two, but I haven't even started those. Uh, it's with Monster Hunter stories as well. Monster Hunter Rise. I'm probably going to drop that and wait for the PC version to come out in March mm-hmm. because like I really love the Monster Hunter world and I don't know on the switch. It, it just doesn't get me the same way. And I on PC world was a lot of fun and amazing. So I have a feeling that Rise will do a lot of the same thing when it comes out for PC in March. And it already has plenty of content, of course, coming out with it. Right. And then I'm trying to think of other games like Metroid Dread. I mm-hmm. still haven't finished. Yeah, there are there are a lot of games <laughs> like, you know, the, you know, Super Mario Golf. I haven't even really gotten that much into, but I know it's a fun golf game. Yeah. Uh, Super Mario Party or or Mario Party Superstars is still pretty good. I I do enjoy that game, but there's no real story mode to that, so to speak. Yeah. But I I'd have to look at those games. I'll get back to you on how many <laughs> on how many exactly games that I still get to play that are just sitting there. And you know, I'm even thinking about it now. Skyward Sword. Yeah. Still one of the ones that uh, I haven't really touched yet. And Damn. there are some games that I kind of wish to play, like the N64 version of Ocarina of Time. Not that I need to. I've played that game multiple times, but right. still be fun to play, I guess. But. Yeah, I mean, I I don't buy very many Switch games, hardly any at all. Um, but I have too many. Yeah, the, this past two days specifically, I've walked by my Mario Kart Home Live circuit, and I'm like, man, I should open that. And I get real close to doing it, and I haven't done it yet. <laughs> <laughs> I need to just do it because I know I'll have fun with it for like at least an hour, I would guess. Um, but I just I don't know. It's something about the switch for me that I just never have that big of a desire to play it. Like I've had a strong urge to bust out Mario Maker 2 again. Yeah. Um, haven't done that. I've just been like so focused in on getting these Xbox and PlayStation games done. Um and I feel like I'm getting somewhere knocking these out, but like I'm still trying to get through Far Cry um, slowly but surely. I think I'm probably, I don't know, 15 hours into that. Okay. Um, getting there. But, yeah. and then I, I obviously Tails is still staring at me and, and Riders Republic and Judgment and Lost Judgment. <sighs> There's too many. <laughs> yeah, there is for sure. <laughs> um, I did finish the pedestrian, so I can go over that. Uh, I've had my eye on this one. I feel like they announced it like two years ago, maybe. I think Xbox announced it a while ago. I remember seeing the trailer. Uh, and then I saw the randomly they put up. They're like, hey, surprise drop. It's on Game Pass now. And I was like, oh, cool. So I went and downloaded it. Um, also a puzzle game, kind of like Ghost Runner. But it's literally a puzzle game where you're solving puzzles on signs in the world. Um, very cool. The puzzles are... They get pretty tough. Like there were some ones I was stuck on for a bit. Um, I think total, it probably took me three hours to get through it. It was pretty short. Um, But man, some of those puzzles, I was like, I don't know what to do. I can't figure this out. And then I had to like walk away. (laughs) Sometimes you walk away and come back and you sit down and you're like, oh, duh, it's right there. You know? Yeah, right. Um, But they just keep adding like different aspects into the puzzles. And you're like, all right, I just got a handle on this one. Stop throwing more at me. Um, this is ridiculous. 
And then when you get to the end, like if for people who, who haven't played, I won't spoil anything, but you get to the end and they add something else that's like, oh, okay. Like completely changes everything. Um, but I will say the game is fun. The puzzles were fun. I have no idea what the story was trying to tell me. Absolutely zero. So if anybody else plays this game and understands what they're trying to say, please let me know. Cause I got to the end and the credits rolled and I said, I, I don't understand what you're saying with this ending. It, I don't get it. Um, I think in their minds are like trying to tell this like super poetic ending. I didn't get it. It must've flew over my head, but it was fun to play, but it's not going to go on a list for me or anything like that. Yeah. That's what matters. As long as yeah. it was fun to play, it's kind of like yeah. at the end. Okay. You know, it's time to, Time yep, to move, move on, on to another game. Yep. I'll forget about it in a month. The <laughs> same for the most part, like voice of cards I've mentioned before, like I'm surprisingly liking that weird card game. Uh, it's a fun little RPG thing. Horizon Zero Dawn. I am going to finish. I, How close are you? I, I don't know. Do okay. Care. How um, many hours in? Uh, I'm at least 10, but everybody okay. like all of the reviews have been saying, just go from story beat to story beat to story beat. So I've kind of stopped doing the side mission stuff. Mm-hmm. And I just kept going from story beat. And if one of those weird long neck, like uh map revealing dinosaurs are around, I'll, I'll go ahead and climb on it and unlock, you know, the, that area of the map. Okay. But, uh, I've, I've decided I am going to finish it and I will have my verdict next week about okay. <laughs> how, how to go about finishing it for the most part. Yeah. I feel like if you did mainline it, it, it shouldn't take you that long. No, I don't, th- I don't think it is. I'm, I'm fairly deep. I'm okay. I'm in there and I'm enjoying it. So, and good. You're not going to be little... burned out when the new no, game comes out. I don't think out? so. Okay. Because I'm moving on to the next thing for me. Like, uh, and, and the next thing for me, I, I think the next thing for me, I might end up trying to get through Metro. Uh, really? I, okay. Yeah, I, I've been, I've been meaning to, and I've, th- those games have always been very intriguing to me and I'd like to, I, I'd like to do a bit more Metro, but there are, yeah, there's so many games to, <laughs> to try to get through. I'm not sure why I'm gravitating toward those right now. Instead, I can <laughs> it's always the random stuff when you know, there's like more recent games to get through. You're like, yeah, but this one over here, like horizon, that yeah. one at least makes sense because the new one's coming out. But Metro, that's kind of out of nowhere. Yeah, it is. <laughs> I, I would agree. But that's going to be it for games for us. We're going to go ahead and get into movies. Yeah. And for me, I finished uh, the Witcher season two. Finished that last week. So I got plenty to talk about there. The introduction of Book of Boba. Yeah. And I watched The Green Knight. Oh, God. OK. Um, I did the two episodes of Boba Fett. I'm all caught up there. I watched Ghostbusters Afterlife. That's on digital now. And then I started Yellowstone and I'm on season two. I've been blowing through that. Oh, okay. You, you, right. Tell me about Yellowstone. I have to know that. <laughs> Yellowstone? That yeah. So I didn't know anything about Yellowstone at all. Um, I've been in kind of like a, not a drought, but I haven't watched any good TV shows in a bit. Um, and I was just like, all right, what's, what's a show that everybody says is good. I was trying to find something and I came across Yellowstone and I was like, all right, this is about a a man who owns a ranch. That's like hundreds and hundreds of acres. He's a millionaire. And I was like, that sounds not anything I want to watch at all. Um, but I gave it a shot. I watched like the first two episodes very quickly realized that if you were to take sons of anarchy, which I loved back in the day, like I loved sons of anarchy. And then instead of motorcycles, switch them out for horses. 
And then instead of different biker gangs, um, just have the cattle ranchers, the Native Americans, and then some other people. It's literally Sons of Anarchy. And like it immediately sucked me in like two episodes in. I was like, I'm in. I think there's four seasons right now and it's still going. Um, There's something about Kevin Costner when he does like Western slash cowboy things that draws me in. Um, But I've been having a ton of fun. It's so good, like really good. Um, Okay. It's just not something you would expect to be good unless you're like really into like, oh, I'm super into people who herd cattle, you know, and have big ranches. I'm not. Um, But man, like the stories that are going on and like them fighting with like the Native Americans who are trying to grab land back from him and then they're trying to build a casino and then you have his his family, his um, uh, sons and daughters who are just constantly being crazy, messing stuff up. There's so much going on in that show, but like, it's pretty good, so you should definitely check it out. Yeah, I've heard a lot of people say like they've been meeting to start Yellowstone. Like it's mm-hmm. that and like Succession, apparently. Yeah, is what I did watch like two episodes of that. I wasn't as into that. Yeah, it seems like Succession seems like a more slow burn, but mm-hmm. I guess the the comparison to Sons of Anarchy for Yellowstone is starting to make sense now with the way people are recommending it. Yeah, it's it's almost identical. Like if you enjoy Sons of Anarchy, you're gonna like Yellowstone. Okay uh witcher season two uh for me it gave me the the witcher the the witcher fever again uh did i buy the witcher 3 complete edition yes i did are you gonna play it uh maybe one day Uh, i don't know it's (laughs) that's another one for the back burner as well Mm -hmm. but uh witcher season two i do believe is personally better and i think that's because it's not as confusing like witcher season one kind of got a mixed reception, I think partly to the fact that the episodes were out of order for the most part, and people don't know what's going on. Uh, with Witcher Season 2, it's a lot more linear. There's a pretty, um, like the storyline all kind of makes sense and continues to gather there. And I have to say too, the the monster work that they do on this show is incredible. Uh, I'm not, whether it's people in CGI or people in costumes, like we... We've come so far in where the dragons for like Game of Thrones were kind of like iffy in the first couple seasons. Mm-hmm. And when you look at like the Basculus monsters that are in The Witcher, the the beast type character in the first episode, which I got beef with the first episode, <laughs> uh, but the like it just all looks very fantastic. Like I was surprised that none of it looked cringy. I think the storyline with Yennefer, Siri, and Geralt all pay off and all work very well. And this and like the season finale is this big climactic portion where, you know, everybody is kind of learning or figured out what they have to do in this world to succeed or or like grow. And I enjoy the entire ride there of I think performances are pretty good all the way through. And maybe that's why I have the Witcher fever right now. It's just because I've been really enjoying season two. But uh, definitely check it out. Like the only, you know, it's the thing with any good series. I just wish there was more. I just wish yeah. it was a little bit longer, but I, I really, really did enjoy Witcher season two. I feel like the Witcher in general, just like blows by over the top of my head because I tried multiple times, Witcher two, multiple times, Witcher three could not get into those games. I tried the first season of the Witcher could not get into it. Everybody says like how good the Witcher is. And I just, 
for whatever reason, that just bounces off me super hard. I don't know. I want to like it. I should like it, but I just don't. <laughs> Look, you could just try to do the recap of season one. Yeah. I feel like that's better for you. Just watch yeah. the recap of season one that Netflix offers. That makes a decent amount of sense. I think for yeah, the most part. Just skip and it. Then, and then go to episode one, which be prepared for episode one, because episode one gave me the ring vibes, which I was not ready for <laughs> at 1 a.m. in the morning when I started The Witcher. Uh, that was... Okay. Uh, I the it, it didn't like scare me, but like I started having flashbacks to when I was a child <laughs> and accidentally kind of saw the ring, and yep. uh, I was scarred for for the most part. But season one does uh something very similar, okay, uh, with it, and it's not really horror in a way. It's not trying to scare you, but when you watch episode one of season two, you you I think most people are gonna understand what I'm talking about, okay, and. Uh, go, go from there and like uh i was watching it i was watching the series the finale with a buddy and he pointed out a couple other like neat cool easter egg things to the games and like callbacks that they were doing that i didn't even see before so i'm it it was a lot of fun and i'm and i'm interested to see where it goes from here it's just too bad that we're probably gonna have to wait another two three years for the next season yeah i mean i'm glad that it it's working well for them um i feel like at least me personally, I feel like Netflix has kind of been striking out lately. Um, I mean, you know, Cowboy Bebop didn't do too well. Um, I, the Witcher, I think, is a, is a given that it'll do well. But I think a lot of people, at least how I'm feeling right now, is like, you got to give us a date on Stranger Things season three. Because they didn't haven't they? done anything. Doesn't this, doesn't this <laughs> come out this It's supposed to be this year. Summer? Yeah. Yeah. I could have swore they announced this spring or summer. I'm not into Stranger Things. Yeah. And I know how oblivious that sounds. But <laughs> uh, yeah, it's not as bad as people who say, like, I don't watch Marvel movies. That's like yeah. a whole nother level. <laughs> yeah, I guess. Uh, Yeah. But I mean, that's what I've been waiting for, because like I haven't really watched anything on Netflix in probably a month. Um, I've been on like Yellowstone's on like Peacock or something. And then like HBO and then you have Disney Plus. But um, yeah, yeah, I haven't really watched too much on Netflix lately. Um, Ghostbusters Afterlife. I can get into that real quick. Uh, I wanted to see this in theaters. I'm a huge Ghostbusters fan. I just didn't get there. Um, I kind of judge like, do I really want to sit in a theater for a particular movie? And this was not one of them, Uh, but it's finally on digital. So I did get to see it this week. It's a very, very good ghostbusters movie i think they do a good job paying homage to the originals like a very good job i'm not one of the people who hates the last ghostbusters like the all-female cast i don't hate that movie i know a lot of people have issues with it um but this like is what a ghostbusters movie is supposed to be um it's a good mix of comedy and it's not a horror movie but like like the comedy jump scares are great um i think the kids do a good job and I mean, there's some cameos in there that are pretty great. Uh, Paul Rudd's phenomenal in this movie. So I had a lot of fun with it. I'll probably pick it up when it comes out on, you know, Blu-ray and add it to the Ghostbusters collection. I have all of them, so I can't stop now. But yeah, it was it was very, very good. I'm glad I it's finally more people will get to see it. I don't know how it did in theaters. I feel like it didn't do that great. But, you know, I. If you haven't seen it and you're looking for something to watch, you know, the 10 or whatever it is, 20 bucks to rent it. It's not a bad deal. All right. I'm going to go ahead and go into the Green Knight. And this is a movie. 
Uh, <laughs> it is strange and weird. I didn't like I don't know. I didn't know much about the movie. And I'm going to say that went for its. It went to its benefit okay. because I read the box and I'm like, oh, Sir Gawain part night to the round table. That's cool. I like that stuff. Yeah. So I picked up this movie and I watched it this morning and through the entire time I was like, am I high? <laughs> um, it was it, it's such a strange movie. And I did a little bit of research because I was so like enamored with the fact that like this movie is so strange, mm-hmm. but it's apparently based on a on the story of Sir Gawain and uh, the Green Knight and what they mentioned throughout his entire journey with um, how he becomes you know, king and everything like that. That's not spoilers. The poem's been out for literal centuries yep. now. <laughs> but it is such a strange like movie. Like if if you read the box, you're gonna think, oh, knights, fights and everything like that. That is not the case. <laughs> it is this strange retelling of the of this poem about Sir Gawain and his travels. And it is it is wild and strange like it's it's hard to put into words almost like it like music starts like swelling up and you know something weird is going to happen and i almost don't want to spoil it in a way because it like i think that's what this movie has going for it and why it's so highly rated on metacritic cuz that's part of my interest too mm-hmm. is i saw that and metacritic says it's like oh it's a must see title so i went all right i grabbed the 4k disc and it is like filmed uh full screen So it is like a nice it is like a really good looking movie as well, but it is strange in a good way. I I don't know how to explain it without trying to, like, get into spoilers, because the less you know about the movie, like even me saying it's strange, just kind of like a spoiler into what it's doing. But does it deserve the rating it does on Metacritic? I don't think so. Like, it's not a necessarily memorable movie, I think, in a way, but uh my first time watching through it i was like okay this the fact that it doesn't have fighting and i'm intrigued about what's going what weird things going to happen next i think says enough about it like this movie is strange and weird enough that it'll keep your interest because for a lot of the time you have no idea what's going on or why the director chose to take this certain part of his tale and twist it in a way that made sense there it's it's weird it's a thing it it, uh, i enjoyed it though like that's i'm trying to get at like it it blew my it blew my expectations out of the water because it was completely not what i expected i will say that i had this movie on like my list of things i wanted to watch uh but then i read quite a few reviews that were like what you said strange um a lot of talking boring i saw a lot of boring um and a lot of like uh the director is full of himself type vibes so i kind of stayed away from it um but i am curious as to what that movie actually is like i always look at it i'm like i should probably at least try and watch it i should just let you borrow my disc (laughs) but i'm just at the point where like everybody everything i read they're just like it's it's basically saying like it's not good so like hearing you say it's good to a certain extent, like maybe I do need to not suffer through it, but at least give it a, a valid chance. I guess. Well, like you're like the, the reviews aren't wrong. Like there is a yeah. lot of talking in here mm-hmm. and 
really the only thing keeping me going in going going you through this movie is the fact that what strange thing is going to happen next mm-hmm. like what what's going on on screen like he does weird stuff with lighting he does weird things with the camera as well it's all yeah they it, it's a, it's a mind twist and i could see where reviewers say that oh like the it's they're full of himself mm-hmm. but in an age where most movies that do well require action or require a comedy or or require romance in some way this story doesn't really lean on any of that uh it it relies on subverting your expectations yeah and twisting it and making it weird and kind of the suspense of it all is what the movie has, I guess, going for it. And that's, that's fair. That's what I'll say about it. Uh, <laughs> I, I do admit the actors, Dave Patel and Alicia Vikander, who, uh, who did Tomb Raider, mm-hmm. uh, both act very well in this movie. And again, it's weird. <laughs> <laughs> it is. Yeah. yeah. It, it's hard to not it's hard to say a lot when if I spoil like one thing, like you're going to get a you're going to get like a hint as to what this movie is trying to do. So that's fair. If you want to borrow my disc? You're more than welcome. To. <laughs> I feel like you have to be in the right mood to watch that. I watched it literally at like seven o'clock this morning. So <laughs> I, I had just woken up and I don't think my mind was ready for whatever the heck it was trying to show me. <laughs> that's fair. Um. All right. Do we want to hit Boba Fett? I guess so. One thing I will mention quickly yeah. uh, is I forgot I did watch the Grand Tour special Carnage yes. of Triwa or Me as well. or something. Yep. Uh, <laughs> again, we can never sing enough praises about the Grand Tour, but it is so funny. Yep. And uh, again, it's not even something like for car enthusiasts in a way like the stunts they pull are funny, like diffusing a bomb in the back of a car <laughs> and the way they drive cars and rally through them. Like it's, it's just funny and their commentary makes it all. And we've said it before with the other specials on this podcast, but it, it is always a fun time. It is always a laugh. I'm never, uh, I am never disappointed at the end of those, uh, specials just because I enjoy my time with them. The, the only thing that stinks is like, we never know if another one's coming out. Like that's Mm -hmm. really the only issue I have is that, you know, they, they announced the French special and I'm like, oh, yeah, they're doing another one. And then at the end of it, I'm like, well, you don't announce another one. So I don't know if you're ever going to do another one. Like, that, yeah, that's always my fear is the fact that one day like we're going to get. that They will probably say when the series will end, like in a final special or something like that. But a part of me never wants it to because it's yeah. just, I I never laugh so hard. Uh, other than what those those specials do like they la- they make me laugh the hardest of anything yeah and i mean if you look like when i go on amazon like after you watch that you see like all the other stuff that the three of them do like different shows they have obviously um there's richard uh i mean not jeremy clarkson has his farm show um, yeah. which is hilarious but like the other two are doing stuff too i like when i read the description for this one i was like eh, i don't know french cars or whatever okay I mean, I'm sure it'll be funny, but like it always goes above what I expect it to be. Um, them just act, you know, when they're saying they're like, you know, they, there is no French basically off road SUV 
they don't make yeah. one. So what do they do? And they're literally just taking everyday driver cars and just driving them through the woods. That killed me. Yeah. Um, when they're like breaking their windshield and just ramming into each other. It, I, I mean, I understand why there's such like space between these specials because they have to be blowing a ton of money on these specials. They're catapulting cars. They're blowing up cars. It's, just, it's so over the top. Everything they do. I would almost rather them like I prefer they stick to this than like the weekly show. Okay. Um, personally, because um, I think the specials have always been the high point, even back in Top Gear days. The Top Gear specials were phenomenal. So I would much rather see that than a weekly show personally. Yeah, and I'm, I'm not done with it yet, but uh, Alex mm -hmm. Ryder is on Amazon Prime with like the IMBD commercials in between it. Mm -hmm. Uh I did like season one a lot last year and season two. I'm really liking that as well. Um, okay. I just I'll I'll mention more about it next week when I finish the series because I need to I need to finish the uh, the season here. But Alex Ryder's good, too. Sweet. All right. It's time Boba for Book Fett. of Boba. Yeah. Uh, episode one. How did you feel about episode one? I didn't like it. Yeah. Episode <laughs> one is pretty slow. Yeah. I was but not I, a fan. <laughs> I feel like it had to be in a way, though, like yeah. they they needed to kind of repair and kind of show like what he's been doing all this time. Mm -hmm. Like if if you don't. Yeah, there's always this air of mystery to it. But I feel like they're trying to set up for something here that like will pay off big for, you know, Boba Fett's favor here. Yeah, uh, I still think like the action and stuff is very well done. Um, I do like the snarkiness and the opposite, like a lot of the times, like we don't get a lot of like true opposition type stuff or like espionage going on, but I really like it in Book of Boba where it's, you know, the mayor sends his person over and they're like, oh, you know, we don't have tribute. Like, but what about our tribute to like yeah. us? <laughs> and I really like that kind of snarky back and forth that's going on with it. And like, see, like episode one was like pretty slow and I didn't enjoy it that much. But into season, uh, but into episode two, we yeah. got a lot more of what you're looking for there. Good action um, and just like good, uh, good storytelling, I think, in a way like it. I will say. I feel like it's a cop out in a way because we always get these flashbacks every time he's in this tank killing yeah. himself. And I feel like they're going to have to get away from that eventually. Um, but maybe maybe we're taking all this time and spending this time because, you know, they want to they want to humanize, I guess, the Tusken Raiders, because that was something that had never been done. Yeah. In agreed. Star Wars, it's always been it's always been that there are these savages that don't make any sense. I don't really know about the whole like sign language thing and them understanding <laughs> sign language like that just seems like a. It's a cop out way, I think, for them to be understandable, because never have they ever used, I think, sign language in the. Yeah, unless he was. I don't know. I guess I kind of took it as like he taught them as a way to communicate, I guess, because they can't understand each other. But yeah, you've never seen them use it ever in any other Star Wars anything. Yeah, so so like that's I guess that's my one like kind of pliff about it mm -hmm. is that like the Tusken Raiders are like they're trying to humanize them, which I do like. But they're kind of copying out in some sort of way where like if Boba learned like the Tuscan language, I think that would have been cool. And you still could have used subtitles in order to get that across. And 
like the one critique I do see about episode two, it is that it, it is very Dune inspired, yeah. you know, like and I can't help but draw comparisons to them because they're both talking about spice and they're mm-hmm. both talking about um, like this, like the who owns the sand deserts in both of those areas. So I can't help but take those both. But even it's kind of weird to say in episode two, there's more action in the desert than all of Dune uh, <laughs> part yeah. one in a way. So that's uh, th- that is a benefit to them. And I do I do enjoy that uh, Boba is sort of taken on this humanizing the Tuscan Raiders effort because they they're they're kind of likable right now mm-hmm. in, a, in a way that I didn't expect. You know, they're we all know them for killing Anakin's mom and then being, of course, a plot device for Anakin to murder a bunch yep. of children. <laughs> uh, so that's that's where it's growing. And I like that. I like that they're trying to to do more with these lesser and uh, or I should say less known about species that the Star Wars universe created. Yeah, I, I that first episode when that came out, I watched that first episode and my first thought was like, I don't think this show is going to do it for me. You know, I just I, I wasn't feeling it at all. Second one is a huge turnaround. I enjoyed it a lot more. Um, just like small complaints. I I dislike the amount of times he takes his helmet off in public um, because you went this whole time, especially me growing up as a kid, loving Star Wars, never took his helmet off. Ever. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I could see not, that. Yeah. Not one time. Um, it, it, almost like, you know, because he's a Mandalorian, right? Uh, in a way, he's got the Mandalorian armor. Um, yeah. But I just I don't know. He's, he's just constantly taking it off. Um, I'm not sure why they decided to do that. Um, I don't think he's not a bad actor. I don't mind him. I don't think he's the greatest. Uh, but and everybody has been like, ever since I watched Star Wars as a young, young kid, I've always been like Boba Fett was always one of my favorites. I think that's he's a, a lot of people's favorites, even though he's in those original movies for like 10 minutes. Um, and now we're finally getting a story. And originally I was like, I don't know if I really want to see this. It's just a lot of flashbacks, but I'm enjoying it. We'll see where it goes. I'm sure they have a big something planned for where it's going to end up. But so far, it's not bad. I still think Mandalorian is a better show, um, but I'll give it give it time. Once it's over, I can fully give it a, a rating. But slow start getting better as we go. Yeah, absolutely agree there. And that's it for movies for me and yourself as well. Yep, that's it. All right. Well, thank you guys for listening. We really appreciate all the support we've been getting. Uh, If you haven't already, check out our top 10 movies or game of the year uh, discussions we've done the past two weeks. We did forget to do the top five uh, TV shows or original TV shows that we had watched. Uh, We will do that next week. I figured we'll we'll get them in there. Yeah, we'll add it in there to next week. And TV shows are always uh, are always a fun time. So we'll see how many we can come up, whether it's a top five or top 10 there. And if you are interested, uh, just please make sure to get in touch with us on any of the social media platforms. If you're interested on getting like a question read on air or asking a, or asking a question about the podcast in general, you can also email high sensitivity podcast at gmail.com. If you're interested in having a question uh, written, written, yeah, written on air. Yeah. Read. Red on air. That's it. Yeah. Yeah, Red on air. I'm making up words. (laughs) Yep. (laughs) But um, 
yeah, again, guys, I really appreciate support. Uh, I've been seeing a lot of uh, comments and stuff about how the Game of the Year award stuff and how we kind of put our own flavor and fun into it and jokes, which I do appreciate that. We did, we all did work hard on there. And if you guys can, please make sure to rate the podcast on Apple Podcasts and new uh, newly rating system on Spotify as well, because that helps us get recommended out to more people. So I've already said thank you like 700 times for listening, <laughs> but... We'll see you guys next time. See you later.